Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of In Ohio Country Today. I'm Big Dan Wilson, and this week our feature story is all about making mushrooms in your backyard. It's a great story from our friends at Central State University. We're also going to be talking about safety on the farm and agribility, as well as chainsaw safety. All those stories and more this week in Ohio Country Today. Take your much-needed break this off-season and schedule your repairs with Apple Farm Services Winter Fix Special. Take advantage of free pickup and delivery for the first 30 miles, plus 10% off all installed parts. Tune up or repair your ag equipment, construction equipment, or lawn and garden equipment. All could be scheduled for free pickup and delivery and 10% off installed parts. Hurry and call today to schedule your off-season inspections and repairs. It's the Winter Fix Special at your local Apple Farm Service. Hello once again, everybody. We're visiting today with Mark Amante. The last time, Mark, that we visited, you were, were at the aquaponics building on the campus of Central State University, handling some fish and showing us how certain plants grow there. And that was interesting, but today we're back, and I think we have something as interesting, if not more so. You know, I never knew how to grow mushrooms. I always thought that you harvested mushrooms from a natural site, but actually you can force mushrooms to grow almost anywhere. Yeah, you can, there's absolutely ways you can do mushrooms uh, outdoors, in your backyard, or, you know, there are a lot of mushrooms are produced in controlled environments too, but my focus here right now is on outdoor production of mushrooms. Okay, well, we have a prop here with us in front, and, and is this a typical log that you would cut and and get ready to produce mushrooms? Yes, absolutely. So this type of production is, uh, this is called a bolt uh, in the industry and uh, you can do different types of mushrooms in a log, usually four to six inches in diameter is pretty standard. Um, Shiitakes, oysters, um, sometimes you can do some uh, other unusual mushrooms like uh, namiko, maitake, chicken of the woods, or other types of mushrooms you can actually cultivate by using some logs that, you know, maybe if you have a wood lot or you know a friend removing a tree, it's a great way to do it outdoor production. And you actually have prepared some of these at your home. Uh, Yes, that's correct. I live in an urban environment. I have 120 logs on the north side of my house. I've created a little shaded laying yard underneath some trees and some shade cloth. And so I'm actually producing uh, some mushrooms for sale at the local farmer's market. Well, let's get into the nitty gritty here. As I look at this log, there are certain, uh, well, sites that look like somebody may have taken a drill and, and done something with the log. Yeah, absolutely right. So when you do this bolt type of production, uh, what you do is you drill holes regularly spaced across the log. Right now, on these logs, our holes are roughly three to four inches apart from each other. Some are a little closer. Um, and you drill the holes in, and you can use uh, a tool to put in this case, we had we were using sawdust spawn. So this is sawdust that was inoculated with the mushroom mycelium, which is the little root-like structures that make up the bulk of a mushroom organism. What we eat in a mushroom is really the very smallest part of the mushroom. It's called the fruiting body. But so we have the mycelium on sawdust that we then stuck into these holes, and you can see we've coated it with wax here. That's to keep moisture in and pests out. Uh, because moisture is really the key t- for the mushroom to develop and colonize the whole log. 
So if moisture is the key, after something like this is done, uh, would you drop the, the log in water? Um, not initially. Initially, so once the log is inoculated, you keep it in a shaded space. Uh, you make sure it gets about an inch of water a week, just like your vegetable garden. You know, a great way that I used was I used a soaker hose on a big stack of logs to soak them. Uh, and once the log is fully colonized, however, certain strains of shiitake mushroom, you can soak them in water and that will cause the log to make mushrooms. So instead of waiting for the mushroom to fruit naturally when it's cold and moist, like in the spring and the fall, you can actually create a regular production schedule by using that type of strain of shiitake. Okay, now I'm curious about what kind of wood, hardwood or softwood? Uh, most mushrooms are going to be all in different kinds of hardwood, and di different hardwoods are better for different species and different strains. Um, it's not always super well studied, like one thing we know is the shiitakes really like oak, for example, and sugar maple, and they'll do okay in other kinds of maples. This is either a silver or a Norway maple log. Uh, so, you know, they'll produce all right in there, but there are some that they won't do well. So, you know, shiitakes aren't really the best for, like, cottonwood or uh, poplars. But oysters really love cottonwood and poplars and can't grow in oak. Okay, now, as far as the process of finding the, the wood uh, and putting the holes in, something like this, how, how long does that take? It, it looks like it could be simple, but oftentimes some of the simple things take longer. Well, this is one of the things where it could be, it depends on, you know, your scale and what kind of tools you want to buy. You know, if you don't have a lot of money to spend, but you have access to logs, you know, all you need really is a drill and a hammer and a little hot plate or a stove to melt cheese wax. Because then what you can do is you can take these little, uh, what's called plug spawn, little dowels that are inoculated with the uh, uh, mycelium instead of sawdust, drill the hole, put the dowel in, hammer it in, cover them with wax. That's really cheap, really easy, anybody can do it. Takes a long time though. So, you know, if you wanna speed it up, if you're doing commercial scale or things like that, you know, that kind of log, if you're doing the dowel method and hammering in and waxing, that might take you half an hour. Uh, if you buy this fancy inoculating tool like I use at home, um, because I'm doing, a I'm doing a bunch of logs and I don't have a lot of time, uh, you know, that you just stick the spawn in and it injects the spawn and caps it with a styrofoam cap instead of the wax. And, you know, I can do a log in seven minutes and there are people can, who can do it in three or, or, or four minutes. Okay, now, it, finding the sawdust with the mycelium already injected, uh, is that easy to find a company that does that? Yes, there are a number of companies out there that do it. Um, you know, a quick Google search, if you search for mushroom spawn, will come up with some, some common ones. Uh, you know, the ones that I'm most familiar with are uh, North Spore, Fungi Perfecti, and Field and Forest are the ones that I am most familiar with, but there are plenty of others out there as well. And they'll, oftentimes they'll sell mushroom kits for like indoor production, but they'll also sell bags of spawn you can do for outdoor production as well. Okay, next question is on time. When you have something, if this is finished with, and, and it's been drilled, the mycelium has been infused, how long do we have to wait before we have a crop? Well, so that's a great question, and it's going to depend on what strain of mushroom, the species of mushroom, and the tree that you use. So like how I mentioned how different species of mushroom like different trees, it means they actually grow in different rates in them. 
So, you know, a shiitake might colonize an oak log slightly faster than a maple. Um, but uh, So it kind of depends. The general rule is about 3 to 12 months. You know, so I have some oyster mushrooms that I inoculated in May, and I was getting my first fruiting off of them here in late August. Um, and, you know, I did my shiitakes at about the same time, and I've started to get a few shiitakes. I'm not at full production yet on some of them. And I think some of them are really going to have to be waiting until next spring to really, really produce. But... Um, you know, it's kind of an experimental procedure. You try different things, and that's actually what's really important if you're doing this. You want to make sure you write down what strain you used and what species of tree you used, so that way if you look at it the next year and say, oh, this took X number of months to colonize, it got me this many pounds of mushrooms. So then you can try different things and see what works best. Uh, so we did, this log was made at a workshop I did just last Saturday where we got a bunch of folks together. They drilled their own logs inoculated them and took them home. So we're going to do more of those in the spring uh, and hopefully then continuing on uh, in the years to come. Very good. Sounds interesting. We've been visiting with Mark Amante. Mark, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. And stay with us back with more In Ohio Country today. Take your much-needed break this off-season and schedule your repairs with Apple Farm Services Winter Fix Special. Take advantage of free pickup and delivery for the first 30 miles, plus 10% off all installed parts. Tune up or repair your ag equipment, construction equipment, or lawn and garden equipment. All could be scheduled for free pickup and delivery and 10% off installed parts. Hurry and call today to schedule your off-season inspections and repairs. It's the Winter Fix Special at your local Apple Farm Service. Welcome back to In Ohio Country Today, and joining me now is Ann Cook, and Ann is the Safety Director for Custom Agra Solutions. Ann, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, Dan. I'm glad to be here. We're here on Safety Day here at the Ohio Agra Business Association's annual conference. You're speaking today, and why don't we talk a little bit about some of the safety topics you're going to be discussing? Yeah, I'm uh, very excited, actually, to be talking about a topic that's uh, near and dear to my heart. It's it's bin sweep safety. So it's not something that we talk about all the time in the grain industry. It's really um, part and parcel to what grain operations personnel know as general equipment. But it is also very dangerous equipment and um, deserves to have some attention brought back to it from when it was originally highlighted back in 2013, so it's coming up in its 10-year anniversary of when the bin sweep safety rules were published by OSHA. Let's talk about those rules. Yeah, so the biggest one um, is just making sure that we keep our workers free from the entanglement hazard that comes with any kind of a rotating piece of equipment like an auger or a paddle drag. So um, putting in those engineering controls that I'll talk about this afternoon, like barriers, guarding, um, administrative controls, like uh, procedures and making sure that confined space entry rules are followed as part of bin sweep operation. Um, and then also reminding our folks in today's audience about the why around bin sweep safety. So we can talk about the operational procedures all day long, but it's really important for our grain personnel and our farm customers to understand why those rules exist um, and to follow them not just in practice but in spirit too. Yeah, the Ohio Agribusiness Association is all about that networking with other businesses and making sure that that gets translated down to the producers. So what's that next level that has to take place to make sure that our producers are doing what they're supposed to do to be safe? 
Yeah, I'm not sure if they have the same degree of resources that t traditional grain elevators would have. So it's really relying on folks like OABA um, and our industry associations to share that with our membership, like farm bureaus, and, and making sure that those resources are made available to them. And again, the educational materials, because I think they understand some of the basics, but not the ones that are probably going to keep them alive. And you're looking at things that they have to do repetitively to make sure they're crossing the T's and dotting the I's so they don't put themselves in hazard way in any way, shape, or form. So what are some of the things that you could tell our producers out there to make sure that they're safe on their farm? It all boils down to some of the basics like a buddy system. So a traditional farmer doesn't have to follow confined space entry permits and that type of thing, but always have a buddy system and an attendant there to help um, and to, to keep an eye out for them. And then it's some of the basics on the inside of the tank, like making sure that the sump holes have grating and covers over them so that uh, you know feet and legs don't fall through to the to the unload augers down below the floor um, making sure the guarding is on those augers and those paddle drags so that there's no entanglement hazard and then of course it's the obvious one of not getting close enough to get entangled yeah you know what we find is communication is probably the key to just about everything whether you're putting things out there what they need to do to be safe on the farm posting uh, things that they need to know who visit the farm so that they're safe. But that buddy system that you talked about, that communication, letting people know where you're at, what you're doing, how long you expect to be there, and making sure that you have that connection with somebody is probably the easiest thing that we can do. And then sometimes our, our producers forget. Like we talked about before, I grew up on a farm, so I kind of understand the mentality of the, the get her done and the heat of season, right? So um, they have tunnel vision at times and, and don't always listen to the little voice that's chirping at them on their shoulder. So that's where that spotter, that buddy system comes in to remind them of the things that they're not thinking of um, and, and making sure that they're not in the line of fire um, with these entanglement hazards. But also... I think there's a, a pretty strong piece of complacency in there. You know, farmers are, are just used to that type of environment, and those, uh, those dangerous pieces of equipment are just normal for them. Um, and I think we have to make sure that we're addressing that complacency factor as well. You know, it's also important, too, that our producers know that they're talking with somebody who comes to them with credibility and experience. So let's talk a little bit about growing up on the farm and, and your family operation. Yeah, so I didn't actually grow up with any on-farm storage, which uh, makes me a little bit unique because, you know, storage bins and, and augers and all of that were um, only something I saw at the local grain elevator. Um, but I definitely understand the mindset of a farmer um, and, and the demands of harvest season and uh, getting... Uh, getting done what needs to be done, sometimes no matter the cost. Um, and and that's the part that I'm really trying to overcome. And honestly, that's my passion for the subject. It's just uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for, my heart for farmers. Yeah, no doubt. You know, we did talk about communication, but I think the other thing you just touched on is making sure that you're not in a hurry and trying to remind them that time could save your life. Yes, um, time and planning. So one, one of the things I talk with my crews about all the time is um, when you get that phone call from the farmer that's distressed because their bin sweep isn't working, um, it's, it's getting them to slow down a little bit as we're talking them through it on the phone. Sometimes it's our own teams that have to slow down a little bit, making sure that we're not rushing into something and putting ourselves at risk. Um, and then we also talk about you know, the remoteness factor of some of these storage bins are out, out in the middle of nowhere and 
don't necessarily have a mailbox out front with an address on it so that we know who to call and, and where to send people if there's an emergency. So we have to get pretty creative. Thankfully, uh, latest technology allows us to drop a pin on a phone and yeah. send it to somebody and tell them where to find us because there's no address for where we are. And we talked a little bit about what you do for Custom Ag, but before we let you go, why don't you talk a little bit about what Custom Ag, what they do for our producers? Yeah, so I love working for Custom Agri-Systems. I've been there about a year. It was a year earlier this month. Uh, they just had their 40-year anniversary. So started in 1982 with Rick and Esther Storch. Um, the Storch family still owns and operates it. 11 branches in six states. Um, Millwright Electrical and Fabrication Services. So we design, uh, build, construct, and service all of the equipment that we um, uh, put together as well as um, work with our branded partners um, to install their equipment as well. Farm safety is what it's all about, and that's what the Ohio Agribusiness Association, what they do with their business partners like Custom Ag and like Ann to bring her here today to talk about safety so that you can be better producers but also be safe and healthy at your operation. Ann Cook has been our guest safety director, coordinator, if you will, for Custom Ag here in Ohio. And Ann, thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Dan. You wanted to see me, Santa? Yes, I've noticed that the farm toys department is slacking. Well, yes, sir, but... In fact, you haven't even started. That's because we buy it all from Apple Farm Service. You what? They're offering 10% off of all their toys, gifts, and apparel. Take a look at the receipt. Oh, wow. I'm making money compared to what I pay you elves to make these. 10% <laughs> off all farm toys, gifts, and apparel. View their entire selection of toys at applefarmservice.com slash toys. Your outdoor fun starts here at Dad's Toy Shop. See us today for all of your favorite remote control, land, air, and watercraft, and so much more. Dad's Toy Shop in downtown Wapakoneta is your one-stop shop for all of your hobby needs. Welcome to St. Mary's Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, home of the Ag Pack. Ag Pack is an exclusive package of discounts on products and services you already use on your farm and ranch. And you get Ag Pack with every vehicle you purchase. We are your certified agriculture dealership. You get straight talk, real service, and the right price. St. Mary's Chrysler, you get straight talk. Devin Dye from Dye Real Estate and Land Company is your area leader in land auctions because our team works to maximize your profits. Through a coordinated effort from pre-marketing to auction day, we make selling your farm or recreational property an easy, exciting, and thorough experience. We invite you to contact us today for a no-obligation valuation of your land. At Dye Real Estate and Land Company, we know the land because we live it every day. Call us first. DyeRealEstate.com. That's DyeRealEstate.com. Hello everyone, this is another Farming Fast Fact. We're visiting with Dr. D. Jepson of the Ohio State University's AgriAbility Program. Dr. Jepson, you know, farmers face different kinds of challenges, whether it be the weather or economics, uh, physical limitations, and that's where the AgriAbility Program comes in. Tell us a little bit about that. I like to say that the AgriAbility Program is that workers' comp program for farmers. Whether you, um, if you pay into workers' comp, then you have that full service. 
If you don't, where are you going to go? Where are you going to ask those tough questions? And how are you going to stay farming after you have that limitation? Whether it's from a permanent disability or something short term, like a shoulder surgery. Now you don't have full range of motion of that shoulder. Uh, a few hip replacements, knee replacements, chronic arthritis. It seems there's always something as we get older that we're faced with physically. So how can we as a Ohio AgriAbility program help you? And sometimes it's just a phone call to our office and we can send you some resources or we could come out to your farm, visit, look around, ask you those questions. What do you want to be able to do? We can we have low tech, we have high tech, and we can bring some of those resources or even those ideas to you so that you can either implement them yourself or if you're looking for assistance and want to go through the full process of you know, going through the Ohio Opportunities for Disabilities program, state funding, we can go that far with you as well. We feel that we're the farmer's friends to look for those resources and find solutions to keep them engaged and on the farm. Now, I know more and more companies that have products and services are getting involved. Uh, how is best to get in touch with you or the program if those people have questions that they want answered? You bring up a good point. We will talk with vendors as well because we can't do our job without knowing that vendor list. So whether you're a farmer or a vendor and wants to get involved with AgriAbility, I would just recommend them call our uh, phone number, which is 614-292-0622, or go online, ohioagribility at osu.edu. We've been visiting with Dr. D. Jepson with the Ohio AgriAbility Program at The Ohio State University, and this has been another Farming Fast Fact. Our farm department is committed to providing ag professionals the products, coverages, and peace of mind needed to run a successful operation. With our home office located in the heart of farm country, many of us have first-hand experience when it comes to farming, and we know how to take out the risk. Under one policy, we can provide total protection of your investment, from your home and barns to your equipment and livestock. We also provide an outstanding equine coverage, from a homeowner with a single horse to a professional breeder and everything in between. Come join us and experience this line of difference. Rodak and Midway Trailers are your source for Wilson Livestock Trailers. Reliable, lightweight, and durable, Wilson Livestock Trailers are your best value year after year. With attention to animal and operator safety, Wilson offers biosecurity and features more attuned to the needs and concerns of today's livestock haulers. Remember Rodak and Midway Trailers for sales and service of Wilson Livestock Trailers, with three locations to serve you in Delphus, St. Mary's, and Dayton. Hey folks, Brad Perkins here from the Ohio Forestry Association. Uh, I'm going to talk to you just briefly here today about our Chainsaw Safety Awareness That Works, or Seesaw training programs. So we started these programs back in 2008 um, when we saw the need to really um, educate um, and improve the safety of our uh, professional loggers in the use of chainsaws. Chainsaws are one of the most dangerous uh, pieces of equipment out there. Uh, it can take a, a limb or a life pretty quickly and pretty easily. So uh, we saw the need to develop a training program to handle this. We've since expanded and refined those programs uh, to include training, not just for professional loggers, but for landowners, 
um, and right on up through, uh, we currently train sheriff's departments, county engineers, um, our Ohio Department of Natural Resource employees, and even the Navy, Navy CBs that, um, that take care of the grounds of uh, Camp David, the presidential retreat in Maryland. So we really have, uh, you know, these are some of the best training programs that you'll find anywhere um, out there. So we have two different training levels that we have. We have a, uh, what's called a Seesaw Level 1 and a Seesaw Level 2. Our Seesaw Level 1 is an eight-hour class. It starts by um, t talking to folks about the actual parts of a chainsaw. Then you move up into the chainsaw sharpening and maintenance techniques. Uh, we talk about personal protective equipment. That's all the um, PPE that you're going to wear to protect yourself and what it is and why you wear it and how it protects you. Then move on to a pre-start safety checklist before you ever start up the saw and then even proper chainsaw starting techniques. Uh, we've all watched people do throw starts on television, one of the most dangerous things you can do. Don't want you doing it that way, so we teach you the right way. We'll then get into actual proper tree felling techniques and procedures, and that can include the reactive forces of the chainsaw, um, a pre-felling plan and considerations, uh, using open face notch, pour cuts, and hinge techniques. Um, all of these things, um, you know, you'll learn how to do them, not just by listening to the instructor, but by the afternoon part of the class, you're actually going to be using the chainsaw to practice some of these techniques. And before the end of the day, you will have actually you know, felled your own tree, a sizable tree using the, the, the most efficient and safest methods out there. If you want to graduate up from that then and go to our Seesaw Level 2, uh, once we get into that course, another eight-hour you know, full-day course, uh, we do some special felling techniques and considerations for trees with different, different hazards. That could be um, a lot of side lean, a lot of back lean, um, we'll teach you how to use wedges, do precision felling, um, just, you know, issues with difficult trees in general. But also there's some post felling concerns. Um, the pressures on uh, when you're trying to delimb the tree, the, the, the gravitational forces pushing down on limbs, they, they cause uh, things to either kick off very quickly or to pinch your chainsaw. And spring falls will also be discussed. We have these two, uh, you know, chainsaw safety training levels. Uh, we can also put together a custom class for you. So if, if you as an individual are interested in getting into one of our classes, or if you have a group that's interested in uh, having a, a class put on for them, all you need to do is contact us at the Ohio Forestry Association. You can give us a call at 888-388-7337. Again, that's 888-388-7337. Or you can contact us at info at ohioforest.org. That's info at O-H-I-O-F-O-R-E-S-T org. The cost of these classes uh, for, a, for a private individual um, is $200 for each eight-hour class. Um, if you become a member of the Ohio Forestry Association, you get a discount on that, or your organization would get a discount for each member if they joined our association. But folks, let me tell you, those, are, those costs are minimal compared to any trip that you might have to make to the emergency room because we did something improper with the chainsaw. So we really encourage you to take one of these full-day training classes. So. Uh, give us a call, shoot us an email. Till then, uh, I'm safe working with the chainsaw. Thank you. Hey, that's going to do it for this week's edition of In Ohio Country Today. From the home of Farmers Alliance in beautiful Wapakoneta, Ohio, your area Bex dealer, and one of our fine sponsors. For more information about Farmers Alliance, you can check us out on the web at In Ohio Country Today. We'll also have a link to our podcast, our YouTube channel, and more at inohiocountry.com. Have a good day, everybody.